0: I just enjoy singing just, like, random
1: phrases. (laughs) It's fantastic. Hey, everybody. Welcome to We Got to Beat, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment of the 80s and beyond. I'm your host, Michael, and the co-host over there on the other side of the planet, Mindy. Hey.
0: Oh, that's that's a bit exaggerated. Yeah, it's
1: actually, no, I forgot. No, we're not. I will eventually be halfway across this continent. I mean, really, we're just, like, I mean,
0: we're just a, a few measly hours away all
1: right I don't know what I was
0: even thinking <laughs> No, I mean really it's like it's like nine hours or 10 hours or 12 hours it's a lot of hours but we're still on the same coast
1: well I just bought my first bottle of wine ever I wanted to try Merlot uh, someone said it was super sugary sweet and low in alcohol so I just turned 21 yay I what does that have to do with anything? It has to do with some sort of segue I was going to go into with Ghost World. It's like, did you
0: already start drinking it? Is that yes. what
1: you're trying to say? Yes, A, yes. And B, Ghost World is still not legal enough to drink. That was a terrible segue, and you just made it worse. <laughs> um, that's what we're discussing. I'm not
0: going to take any credit for that terrible segue. No, it wasn't. None
1: of the segues are yours, because you're not as doofy as I am.
0: No, I'm smooth, man. Smooth like butter. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm really very, very strange as well, but maybe just slightly less strange. I
1: don't know. All right. So um, I was really hoping this would line up, but it's the 20th anniversary of Ghost World, and I was like, oh, yeah, Daria. It lines up kind of content-wise, but I also thought it was the 25th anniversary of that. No, I was off by six months. It debuted at the beginning of 1997, so
0: awkward. I mean, still, it's pretty close. Yeah. I, I think that's respectable and i see what you were trying to do there but ultimately you know we uh struggled to find the right match for ghost world because we really wanted to talk about it um and i still think this was probably the most appropriate match
1: yeah we were talking about book smart but i've never seen it and and, uh i just couldn't find the time to find it uh to to hunt it out or whatever uh, I try not Star to pay has a lot some of, money. of
0: the similar vibes but I think it's more of a foil for like super bad.
1: Okay, that's what I was wondering. That's what I was thinking parenting
0: with. Yeah. um uh, but I also
1: think of like yeah. blockers goes well with a super bad as well. Mm, well,
0: you know, we'll yeah. talk about that later. But
1: um so Ghost World we had wildly different reactions. A movie that we both loved at the time. Uh I think you introduced me to it. I did you see it in theaters or was this a video discovery? No,
0: I did not see it in the theaters. I'm sure I watched, I discovered it on video because I wasn't cool enough to see this in the theater. But <laughs> I have seen it many times. And uh, when this came out, I was 21, a little bit older than the characters in the movie. But uh, I think that it, it resonated with me a lot at the time because. You know, I had sat through a couple of years of college and was a little bit tired of the whole thing. Like, I think it was like, you know, they were just, you know, tired of everybody's bullshit and were just, I don't know, little bastards
1: and it paid (laughs) on
0: everybody. And I think that's how I felt at the time because, like, I went to a very, very conservative christian college and by year three i was just like fuck this bullshit and all your dumb rules like let me just get out of here with the degree so i think my feeling my personal feelings in the situation that i was in felt very similar uh to to what they were going through just like the total bitterness and irritability uh so i think that just i related to it more at the time
1: yeah it's funny because. Uh, We were both, I guess, going through different kinds of misery at the time. I've never made it a secret, but at the time, I was basically crippled. I was stuck in bed. Uh, This is really the beginning of it, and I was miserable, so I really connected to these characters as well. But um, you didn't particularly care for it this time. I gave it five stars. I think it's a perfect movie. Um, I think it's as good as Almost Famous.
0: I don't know. Like... I mean, it's still, it's a good movie for what it is, but I think that my perspective now is just like, why are these, why are they so mean? They're just so cruel. And you, uh, you know, just, I feel like they're they're so immature. They're so unkind. They just are obnoxious little bitches who just want to bug people for no reason. And like, I mean, I'm not... Saying that I dislike the movie because it has a lot of interesting elements, great actors. I mean, I think Four Birch is amazing. I love Buscemi, you know that. You know, I will always have a place in my heart for Brad Renfro. Um, I love so effing much Bob Balaban, and I think this was the first my first real like experience with him. And it blew my mind when I made the correlation between Bob Balaban and the actor. And also that he was a director, and I was just like, no, wait, what?
1: Yeah. Uh, Did he do Parents know, with Randy Quaid? Have you ever seen that about the cannibal parents?
0: Um, I don't think I have seen that, but there was—I don't remember what the thing was that he directed. That my boyfriend's dad. Yes, he directed, yes, yeah. Which yeah, I, I just got—I just watched. Episodes yeah. of Erie, Indiana. Uh. Anyway, I don't know. Something about that just was hard to wrap my head around um oh yeah he's in a lot of movies good movies and I think this may have been this was my first introduction to Ileana Douglas who I think is you know just unbelievable there's like so many good like bit people and you know Pat Healy uh and like the little the little bit part with David Cross like there's just so much like juicy little stuff but, like you know, weird eccentric characters and, you know, oddness like that still, I can, I can appreciate the movie and some of the elements, but ultimately I think that, you know how we've talked about other movies where we're just like, Oh, I think that this is bad. Cause now I'm the, I, I relate more to the adults than the kids. Yeah. I think that's the situation for me that I'm just like, little assholes and i just like i don't understand why enid is just so selfish i mean i guess she's a teenager this is normal behavior just to be so self-centered and to not have a clue
1: right well that's you who know? i was i i relate to this because i know exactly who she is um i know all of these people And I know the Steve Buscemi, if I had, I feel like I was Steve Buscemi before I started taking medication, that I was always flipping off, you know, just flipping uh, on a switch, whatever rage, Um, never really wanting to do anything, just kind of like, "Mm," and then settling for something you don't want, because it's just something you're supposed to do. Uh, yeah, I really related shifty. to that. And, and then just being kind of pretentious. with, Well, it's not really blues. You know, like, and then going right. on. Just fucking douchebaggery. And we all have that friend, like his roommate. And yeah. I really connected to that. But I also connected to Enid because you went to kind of a respected college. Now, you were bound yeah, by these. Re- I do Well, it, in the, the pantheon of my school compared to your school, I guess. Oh. Um, people who went there actually went there to have success. Uh, most of the people that went to my college were like, I guess I'm supposed to go to college now. I don't know what I'm doing. <sighs> None of us went anywhere. I don't know a single person, um, besides my, one of my friends who got a bowling degree and he manages a bowling lane, real low level. And I love the dude, but that seems strange. You have to go to college for something like that. But a lot of us were just spinning our wheels. I did not know what to do, and I was miserable, and I was really yeah. shitty to people. I was very much like Enid. I mean, we've had this discussion. If I was attracted to somebody, I almost purposely pushed them away by being rude. Like, yes. I didn't know how to deal with it. And just and I, I was selfish and narcissistic and just really shitty at times. And very much like her character, not really thinking about uh, talking behind people's backs, shit like that so i very very connected to almost every single character in this i had a teacher just like iliana douglas's character oh, really, wow. really really nice lady but when it came to the art and her husband also taught there very pretentious but also empty you know what i mean like this is art you can't i guess art subjective but just saying it's art and it's important. Yeah. And then if it wasn't important, trying to say something that was just there to be there, they're like, "But what does this mean to you?" And I was like, I, "It was an assignment. I, I need to get it done." That's it.
0: Do you think um, that? So this is based on a graphic novel. Who was the artist of that graphic novel?
1: Daniel Klaus, who also did okay. um, uh, Art School Confidential, which I thought about doing because right. it wouldn't be a perp, but it, I don't like it. I, I'm actually just yeah. so confused by it, and I don't understand what its point is. But to be fair, that should have been what I combined it with. But I just didn't want to watch it again.
0: I haven't seen it, so I don't have an opinion. But um, I just was gonna say that I wonder, you know, in.
1: You okay there? <laughs>
0: Sorry, I, I pulled my earbuds out on accident. Oh. My apologies. In regards to that, to what you're saying about, you know, what is art and what it's just. Oh, I hate how she says, you know, these cartoons are, you know, for in inter- it, you know, can be fun for entertainment and just like shits all over it. Do you think that that is like a statement, you know, that's being made, uh, you know, that uh, from the author and oh, the yes. artist of I, I, the original both... material, but right. How disrespected people can get from, you know, graphic novels and how often comic books aren't literature and stupid crap like that
1: right or sunday comics
0: yeah i mean i think that that's you know i think that anything that's created you know has value to someone and everyone's perspective and a level of appreciation is very different whether it be you know, art, literature, movie, TV, whatever, and I just don't think that someone else has any right to tell you what, what value of what you're doing or what should and shouldn't be appreciated. I mean, you know, that's part of my, my thing as a librarian is, like, I don't tell people what they can and can't read, especially if they're teenagers. Because, first of all, I have no business, you know, making those judgments. And also, that's their parents' job if they have, you know, concerns. Right, also
1: deterring them from reading, period. Kids just don't read that much unless it's on their phone, and it's always short chunks. If they're excited about reading anything, that's probably a good thing.
0: Yeah, I'm not just talking about literature or reading or whatever. I'm just talking about, you know, in general, art, books, movies, whatever. Like... You know, I think you've said before on Twitter, like, just, like, you know, fuck those people for wanting to judge you for what you enjoy. Like, who gives a shit? Like, if I enjoy it, then then that's good enough.
1: Yeah, I don't understand what happened. The nerds of the world are in power now, and now they're the fucking gatekeepers. They're the doormen. What? Like, ew, you don't really know this subject matter, or this is a new entry. It's not, it's, you know it's like, But I like it. That's all that matters. Joy what you joy. I'll joy what I enjoy. I'm sure some people look at Ghost World and say, nope, not happening. And that's fine.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, it is it is strange. It is quirky. You know, all of the characters are very... I mean, I would, I would say they're odd and somewhat unlikable at times. And, like, what's with the weird-ass dude, like in the convenience store flex and in the parking lot oh, like god i love him do you know he played weird, doofy you know?
1: he, he for a moment there he was red hot and i mean only lasted like a couple I, I
0: looked him up and i didn't realize that he was the one that was in like wasn't he the in like a was it scary movie right he played he was doofy like the care yeah yeah oh.
1: But uh, because of that, then he started to get a bunch of work and he started a Hollywood Pictures movie, Frank McCluskey, CI, don't tell me why I know these things. Apparently you are correct, my sister, that uh, I do want to see every movie ever made. (laughs) Um, And and then it, it got sent straight to video and then it was pretty much over for him. But there was a two year period there where people wanted to hire him. I think he's fucking hilarious in this role.
0: Oh, I do too. I mean, but just some people would be like, what's the point of that guy? Like, what's the point of a a lot of these characters? I don't
1: know. I'm almost certain Daniel Klaus knew all of these people. He probably had a gas station right around the corner from where he worked at the art studio or whatever, went to school, and maybe he worked the front counter and encountered like the two girls that would bug him and his uh, pain-in-the-ass boss and, you know, the guy who came in, he was like a real Hesher, you know, just a... Big old uh, shaved uh, mullet and uh, listen to Skinnered, you know, and then. Uh,
0: is that what a Hesher is?
1: Well, I well you watch that movie with uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. It's.
0: I've never seen it. I'm too scared because oh, I love him so much. No, no, much. it's I'm too scared it's. it's
1: it. I think it's a great movie.
0: Okay, I thought it was going to be all like violence nope, and stuff. Nope. I didn't know what it
1: was. No, it's just this okay. kid who's uh, metal, skate punk, kind of getting too old for oh, that okay. world, and he has to. I don't to... know
0: what I thought it... Yeah. I, I, it was. Okay, I had a very, very different idea in my head. Okay, well, that's... Uh, thank you for sharing that information yeah. with me. That's... I see you learn something new every day.
1: But the thing I love about this movie is that everybody is flawed, Everybody has... but it's all real. This is like the good version of what Napoleon Dynamite was trying to do. Look, I know some people are obsessed Uh, with Napoleon Dynamite, but it's a fucking cartoon. And yes, eventually we'll probably discuss it. This is grounded in reality at the same time being absurd because it's real behavior.
0: Yes, I do. You know, I do see, like, you know, that you're explaining how much you relate to Emid. I do see that her reactions, while incredibly selfish, makes sense like she's you know she is so wayward she has no idea she's so lost she hurts the only people that you know care about her her you know her her best friend who she just is kind of a, a dick to like over and over again for no reason other than she just doesn't know what to do and she's feeling lost and i mean i'm she's not horrible to her dad at all but she's just very like dismissive. i don't understand. The whole dynamic with, with like him and the girlfriend and why she hates her so much. I, I feel like there's something missing there for me, but, um, but you're right. It, it does feel natural uh, for the most part.
1: Well, what I think it is is Bob Balaban kind of tries to give her motivation and she just doesn't want it. But Terry Gar's character is probably the one who's going through him. Like, if they're playing a game of telephone where Terry Gar is really the one telling him what to do to tell her what to do. And I think yeah. that's why she was Why do you resents
0: think it. that she was uncredited in this movie?
1: I, just because she's barely in it. She's so barely in it. And maybe she just thought that would be, a, oh, sure, I'll just do it for free or something. Just don't give me any credit. I don't know. Some actors just do that, and it's weird. Did you know
0: that Christina Ricci was supposed to play Enid?
1: That makes sense, but I think Thor Birch fucking sells the shit out of this.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I I can visually see it working, but I just, I mean, sorry, Christina Ricci, I don't have a beef with you, but as a as an adult, I do think Thor Birch is, bit, I mean, consistent throughout her entire career and is so, so you're right, so sells this. This is, I, I just don't, I can't see it. The same way if it was Christine Ruggie. I mean, I guess that's just how stuff is.
1: Like, it's so weird that we've we've seen Thora Birch since her very first role. We used to watch that day by day sitcom that she did with uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes, R.K. or A.K.A. C.B. Barnes. Um, do you remember the show?
0: Kind of, but I
1: don't think.
0: Wait, Thora Birch was the, was his younger sister. Correct. Um, I mean, I remember her. Many of her very early roles. I don't know if I remember her from that show, but I remember many of her, you know, definitely below the age of 10 movies. Right,
1: All I Want for Christmas with Ethan Embry. Oh,
0: yeah. But also, of course, you know, Hocus, she's a big part of Hocus Pocus. Oh, right. Which you, for some reason, don't watch.
1: We're going to do it for this Halloween. That's that's my promise. We're doing it for Halloween. All right um
0: but yeah she was in a lot of stuff when she was little you know uh she did a lot of she you know had a good run in her teenage years too but i mean i think that she was most prolific as a wee child in purple fucking people eater
1: (laughs) okay i forgot about that one um
0: all it's I so want for Christmas gap, yeah, Patriot Games, Hocus Pocus. Miki I wondered trubles, if she was in those. Okay. So much stuff. Yeah, but That's...
1: then then she broke through with um, American
0: Beauty. American
1: Beauty, and I'm very I, I I haven't read much into it, but there's a weirdness around that. And she was like what 15 or 16, and she was topless. That's fucking. They couldn't have done something different, really. I mean, I,
0: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like it and analyze it i mean i'm sure you have a point it is like a pretty big plot line for her personally i mean her character Uh but i don't i mean i'm sure that they could have done it differently of course
1: yeah it's, uh, and then she did, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, then this, and then it just kind of filtered down to smaller independent productions, which never got released in theaters, and then she disappeared for a long time, but apparently she's working her way back, and now she's on The Walking Dead for the last couple years.
0: Yeah, I just saw that too, and I was, I didn't know that, but I don't, I gave up watching that show a long ass time ago. Yeah,
1: I gave up in season three, but it's her transformation in this is, I mean, she's usually long yeah. blonde hair, she's pretty thin, she, she... Uh, puts on some weight for her, and I think it works great for her. I, I, the funny thing is, um, I remember at the time, people were like, oh, she put on so much weight, it's such a, no, a, a noble thing or whatever for the role, and they always do this, and they, oh, they ugly themselves up. No, it's called acting, you fuck face. No and so way. what if she gets I a, know, a, a on, little it's bit... a fucking
0: character. Yeah. That's what people do. Um,
1: this is a hot take for the movie. I don't believe that Enid and, uh, what was Scarlett Johansson's character? I can't remember. Becky? Uh, I don't think they're really friends. They're just, their misery works together, but they really don't have that much in common because oh. I never see that locking in sisterhood chemistry, you know, the way it is with real friends. It's just kind of like, well, you're miserable. I'm miserable. We like this weird shit. That's it. But I, yeah,
0: let's be awkward together. Yeah.
1: It's like no one else wanted to be really friends with them. So that's to just glom together because that's the only other person that would hang out with them.
0: And they are yeah I can totally see that that makes a lot of sense I thought it was super strange that other girl who kept like acting like she was friends with him but was like also you're not friends with him I didn't really get it is she just that overly unnecessarily friendly girl
1: reminds me of can't hardly wait and Melissa Joan Hart's character you know that kind of thing Ooh, that she's like super absolutely. friendly and hi everybody and everybody's just like we tolerate your existence I guess great yeah. I'm looking at this real um, quick. This is uh, was released by United Artists, and I'm looking at the movies around this time, and this must have been a label that we trusted because we saw so many... If we saw UA, we must have been like, this is going to be good because huh. I have The Claim, Jeepers Creepers, No Such Thing, Deuces Wild, CQ, which is a favorite between you and I. Uh, oh, God, I haven't seen
0: that movie in so long. It's so fantastic. Pumpkin,
1: oh. 24-Hour People, Igby Goes Down, Bowling for Columbine... Hmm. And that was just like a brief run of like really cool indie films. I and did
0: see, I did see several of those movies at the theater. I'm yeah. very proud of that.
1: Yeah, now it looks like they basically just co-produce big. St- well, they produce book smart. <laughs> That's funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, maybe there's something about like, I mean, obviously, I don't know the details about all those movies, but I feel like some of that sounds like taking some risks on, like, first-time directors and stuff. Yeah. Like, Terry Wigoff hadn't directed before this.
1: He did a documentary called Crumb, which got a lot of heat, which was about oh, right. Crumb. Oh,
0: sure. Yeah. Well, I think what I was reading was something about lear- learning to di- to direct actors. So, I mean, that makes more sense now that his if his first project was a documentary. That, that wouldn't apply, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a shame that, I mean, why has he directed so few movies?
1: I don't know. It was like Bad Santa was his big breakthrough, and then he just kind of went back to independent films, and just none of them really successful. This wasn't successful. He
0: only directed Art School Confidential, and then one more movie, uh, not even a movie, it says 30 minutes show or something on Amazon. 2017 that's it he's yeah. only done like five things ever i mean
1: maybe it just didn't speak to him and he only does what he wants to do if you're fortunate enough to pick the projects oh, i the mean people, the yeah.
0: picture the people on this were like really cool i should check and see if they still have it that's what it feels like whoever's running
1: ua at but, the time was cool like hip yep. go ahead
0: no it's fine
1: but I'm looking at this. This was co-produced by John Malkovich, and I, I feel like his name was bounced around a lot at the time with really cool movies. Mm-hmm.
0: Malkovich, 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 Malkovich.
1: <laughs> Let's see what what did he produce. I'm curious. Let's look it
0: up, yo. That's weird. He I if they almost talked about him playing the part.
1: He almost played Vulture uh, in Spider-Man Four. Wow. Oh uh, what? Yeah, he was approached, and of course they shut that down. uh... When Sam Raimi wouldn't agree to have two villains.
0: You he know? produced Perks of Being a Wallflower and Young Adult and Juno.
1: Yeah. Well he in was... Art
0: school confidential.
1: Wow, some of those must just really speak to him like kids' movies. His first movie was Accidental Taurus. That's so that was in eighty eight and he didn't produce another movie for thirteen years in Ghost World. I guess that's what *Caught Air was probably for. He's like, Yeah, I'll do *Caught Air, you can give me some money <laughs> to set up a studio.
0: Anyway, yeah, that's a really uh, odd factoid. Yeah,
1: I'm just looking at this... I will say
0: that for a while, I think... Uh, I was a little bit obsessed with, like, the music from this Yes.
1: Holy <laughs>
0: Seriously, what a fantastic opening sequence, though. Like, that movie and that song are super rad, and then, like, you know, just, like... I, I love how he, you know, really it's it does deal with some more obscure stuff or just not a things that just aren't popular with the mainstream, I guess is really what I mean. Yeah. Um, can I know, say how um, lame
1: fucking Blueshammer is? <laughs> These yes. fucking college dudes that I haven't working on a cotton mill all day picking. And I was like, what? Oh, I
0: know <laughs> that was like, I really wanted to punch that guy in the face. Uh, cause just like, how do she are you people? um, but, I mean, yeah, now that I'm thinking more about it, I'm thinking, I, I think that I just don't connect with these characters now. But that does not mean it isn't a good movie.
1: Okay. Yeah, so I, I feel like this movie it did gain a cult audience, which I think is great. Um, uh, but the, the thing that fl- flummoxes me <laughs> is, huh, Daria, five seasons, what the hell? How does this go for five years? Did Beavis and Butthead even last five years?
0: I'm not sure, but... You know... To my knowledge... I never watched an episode of Daria... When it was originally on... Which... I'm a little bit surprised about because... I mean... You know... MTV... We were teenagers... That shit's dope... Uh, But I never did... And also... I don't
1: like it. There's stuff that's interesting about it. It's wildly different than um, uh, Beavis and Butt-head, But it, it kind of lines up with the other animated shows that Mike Judge has done because he does a lot of really dry humor, especially in his animation. And I think that might be the problem. But it also is why it works so well with Ghost World because I imagine this is what they were like in high school. She's just she suffers for being too cool for school and her sister is just too dopey for everything else.
0: Yeah, the the wild difference between the two is overwhelming and the parents are just sort of dum dums too and I don't know, like I maybe it's the same thing. Like they're just she's just it's too dry, it's too I mean, she's not quite as directly mean, but it is still pretty mean. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I watched like three episodes.
1: Yeah, it I watched.
0: speak to me. I watched two all. episodes.
1: I get it, but I don't get it. Maybe it's just it's not a voice that I'm looking for. But it does have that '90s like, hey, we're too cool for this Gen X thing that was really popular at the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't even know what to say. I don't know, I I know, know if I I almost feel like ditching this, but we, Zarya. yeah,
1: I felt like ditching it because we weren't going to say much of anything, but, um, it obviously has its following. We, I watched it before when, um, we did a whole episode of Mike Judge Animation and I was like, this is the weakest of the bunch for me personally, but also I didn't see it as a teenager. I'm not a girl and I just don't think it spoke to me. You remember how everybody thought it was Janine Garofalo though for years?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: They're uh, they're they're planning a spinoff of this, of, of focused around her sister, which seems weird because that's the dopey character, but maybe it's like Clueless or something. I don't know. Where there's some sort they're, of redemption. They're
0: planning a spinoff now? Yeah. After all this time? Oh yeah. Why?
1: I have no idea. That's
0: weird.
1: And uh, this has a very similar art style. I had to look them up because they seem so similar in the way that they're designed. Is um. There was a TV show in 99 about this teenager and his brother who lives in the city, and it's called Mission Hill, and I think it might be the best animated show I've ever seen. And it kind of has the same style, but no, completely different companies. But oddly enough, their original name was called Downtown, which MTV forced them to change because Downtown was the show they started producing after Daria was coming to an end.
0: Downtown Julie
1: Brown? (laughs) Well, there's that too. But No, they had a a short-lived animated series called Downtown. Nothing really to say about it. I do like the art style, but it is clearly very, very cheap. They're a lot of stilted animation.
0: Yeah, uh, it's just so dry. Yeah.
1: Okay, so go watch uh, Ghost <laughs> World. I was just skipped Aria.
0: Yeah, I mean maybe it's the right thing for somebody, and maybe it would have I would have enjoyed it more when it originally was out, but. Mm-hmm.
1: That enjoyable for me. I'm looking at what else he created. So the guy who co-created this went on to work on uh Colbert Report. So that makes sense cuz he did a lot of that dry humor that was not like some people actually thought that Colbert Report was legitimately a right-wing show and <laughs> not getting the joke. Uh, no. uh funny. All right, so that is it for this episode. Check us out on Facebook under Hit Rewind Podcast. Wondering why I said Hit Rewind instead of Video Night? Video Night is coming to an end. One episode left. Finishing with 1989 and everything is getting absorbed into Hit Rewind. It's just easier for me just to have that one brand, um, you know, putting it out there. So Video Night's going down. It's all under Hit Rewind now. But this show isn't going anywhere. We Got the Beat has many years to go until she decides to strangle me over something. (laughs) Um,
0: It might happen. Will it be Bubble Boy?
1: It might be Bubble Boy. I just like saying Bubble Boy.
0: We're gonna watch Bubble Boy. I saw that at the movie theater. You
1: did? Wow. Um, so
0: actually, I saw it at the drive-in. Oh. Yes, because I have an unnatural love of Jake Gyllenhaal. At least in the early 2000s, I did. Especially because, I mean, I, you know, we loved. Um, October Sky. October Sky. So much. So so brilliant. And Which, then he did a couple yeah. of dumb things, and then more brilliant things, and then I don't know a bunch of weird shit. So his well, career is continually evolving. It, but yes, I'm overall a big Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: And that. we have to do October Sky at some point. I thought it would go really well with Explorers. Hmm.
0: Okay, we can look into that. I mean, that the nice thing about this show is, like, to me, there's a never-ending like supply of teen movies that I would enjoy watching and revisiting, um, or that I, you know, watch on a regular basis anyway. Uh, and I, I like trying to come up with, you know, good pairings and stuff. So, so yeah, what it, I won't kill you anytime Our
1: soon. Our next pairing is The Last Blast of Summer, and it's going to be what again? Because I just forgot. Yeah,
0: uh, the Way, Way Back right and an adventure land i think
1: yes um do
0: you think white
1: hot american summer counts uh
0: as a teen movie
1: yeah is that what you're saying yeah
0: i mean i suppose what it's intending to do is different than what it is doing right well, nobody i don't, know. I don't think there's any one.
1: teenagers but it's spoofing a teenage genre
0: yeah, I don't know. Maybe we could save that for when we decide to do spoof movies.
1: Okay, okay, that sounds good to me. Um, well, it's also the 20th anniversary of Not Another Teen Movie, which I wanted Ooh! to I wanted to pair because it's the 25th anniversary of High School High. But I also don't know if she can tolerate John Lovitz.
0: I like John Lovitz, all right.
1: Okay, okay, so may, that might <laughs> be a shot. I've never
0: seen that movie either, so it would be interesting for me to see it this late in the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a parody of all those, hey, the teacher goes to the inner city school and tries to make things right. You know, like Lean uh, on okay, Me and cool. Dangerous Minds and so it's really ridiculous. Okay, so that is it for us here. Um, check us, like I said, check us out on uh, Hit Rewind and have a good night.